Warning. This episode of Case Craze may include some or all of the following as it pertains to the cases discussed. Graphic depictions of violence, sexual assault, hate speech, abuse of a minor, domestic abuse, animal abuse, and strong language. Listener discretion is advised. Calling all true crime fans, this is Case Craze. Theodore Robert Bundy, you are charged, indictment, two counts, burglary, Two counts murder in the first degree. Please note that all of this information is also available on my website, casecrazepodcast.com. All of the sources will be listed there as well, along with transcribed podcast episodes. People who watch the news love to see familiar faces. Faces they trust. Faces that present a kind heart. Faces they can learn and laugh along with. Encompassing all of these was Jill Dando, the award-winning English journalist. Born in 1961, Jill didn't have the most normal childhood, due to her having a congenital heart problem, which forced her into pioneering surgery at a very young age. Fortunately, Jill was one of the first survivors of the surgery during this time in Bristol. She was admired by her peers, given awards in school such as head girl, and seemed to fit right in. Jill was in journalism school in Cardiff when she became the local reporter for Weston Mercury paper. Her talent was immediately noticed and her career was expedited, and within years she was working for the BBC in Plymouth. She then would move to London to continue reporting for Breakfast News, Six O'Clock News, and Crime Watch UK. The major BBC news events in the late 90s involved Jill, which led her to win the BBC Personality of the Year Award, which she won twice. She labeled herself as a professional chameleon. I'm barely scratching the surface for all the love and attention this woman received. So why was she shot on her front doorstep of her home in April of 1999? This is BBC One. Now the nine o'clock news with Peter Sissons. Jill Dando, known and loved by millions, has been brutally murdered. The 37-year-old presenter died in hospital after being found shot through the head on her own doorstep. Tonight in West London, a massive police hunt for the well-dressed man seen running away down the street in which she lived. Jill was returning to her home in Fulham when she was shot in the head on her front doorstep. At around 11.47, police were called after her neighbor found her. She was immediately taken to the hospital, but was pronounced dead on arrival. Another neighbor, Richard Hughes, lived right next door to Jill. He heard her car, heard her arrive home, but then heard her exclaim loudly. He said though it didn't sound like despair or a cry for help. He described it as like someone greeting a friend. Strangely enough, he heard no gunshot. How could this be possible if they lived right next to each other? Even a silencer would make enough noise for him to hear something. Bob Woffeden from The Garden in 2002 set the scene for us. As Dando was about to put her keys in the lock to open the front door of her home in Fulham, she was grabbed from behind. With his right arm, the assailant held her and forced her to the ground, so that her face was almost touching the tiled step of the porch. Then. With his left hand, 
he fired a single shot at her left temple, killing her instantly. The bullet entered her head just above her ear, parallel to the ground, and came out the right side of her head. After analyzing the scene, forensics determined that she had been shot with a 9mm caliber semi-automatic pistol. The gun was firmly against her head when the shot went off. Her neighbor Richard did happen to look outside after he heard Jill make the noise. He saw a slender, six-foot-tall man around the age of 40 leaving the scene. Who could have done such a heinous crime? The morning that Jill was murdered, she was leaving her boyfriend's place. Jill dated throughout her career, but her last relationship was set to be permanent. She met Alan Farthing, a gynecologist on a blind date. Alan was separated from his wife at the time, and shortly after the divorce papers were finalized, Alan and Jill were engaged. Their wedding was supposed to take place in late September of that year. Alan was apparently a very well-respected doctor due to his expertise in surgery. He is now a regular consultant at St. Mary's Hospital where he delivered all of Kate Middleton's children, and he's also the Queen's surgeon gynecologist. He is and was a well-respected figure, doesn't seem like he was ever questioned on the murder, also doesn't seem like he would have any drive to kill her or have her be killed. So who else was in Dando's life that could have done this? Police eventually took over 2,400 statements, creating the largest criminal investigation since the Yorkshire Ripper. Some attention was brought to her relationships. An ex-boyfriend, Bob Wheaton, was a BBC executive for a brief period of time. According to the accounts, Bob didn't love her work schedule, causing her to constantly travel. Simon Basil, who was a South African game warden, but this was also a brief relationship. Turns out, all the men Jill had romantic relationships with were cleared of the murder. It's important that not all theories were tossed, considering this could have been anyone. Eventually, police were led to what others would call the local weirdo, an immensely unstable man. Barry George's name was given to police just a day after the murder. He lived about 500 yards from Jill's house. However, the police didn't consider him a suspect until 10 months later. Why did this take so long? It's said that due to how much media coverage she received, how many tips were given to police, it just honestly took them some time to get to Barry. When sifting through all the tips that were given to police, they realized a lot of them were bullshit claims. However, when police finally got to Barry, he did fit the profile. An obsessive loner. He had a record before of attempted rape and indecent assault. Women claimed he would stalk them, and there was even an incident in the early 80s where he was caught hiding in a bush with a knife and some rope. And he did know his way around a firearm. He was in the Territorial Army for almost a year before he was discharged. Police progressed with their investigation on Barry. They obtained a search warrant of his place where they discovered multiple photographs of local women and at least four issues of Jill Dando's BBC Memorial and Aerial magazine. The most incriminating evidence was in Barry's coat. Forensics experts found particles of firearm residue in his pockets. They believed it could have been from the 9mm pistol. Police had found their guy. It was a straight-to-the-point trial. Barry was placed near the scene, he didn't have a solid story to begin with when questioned, he was creepy, and they had the firearm residue in his pocket. July of 2001, a 10 to 1 verdict would put Barry behind bars for life. Case closed. When are things ever that easy? The women who claimed they were being stalked admitted it was more of pestering. Regardless, it's still creepy and unacceptable. They also didn't believe that Barry could execute such a clean shot. It wasn't his style. To add on to it, Professor Michael Kopelman, who is a neuropsychiatrist, 
said Barry had an IQ of 75, putting him in the lowest 5% of the population, and he scored in the bottom 1% of memory tests. Expert forensic scientists were quoted saying, No more likely that the particle had come from a gun fired by Mr. George than it had come from another source. Barry was acquitted and released from prison as an innocent man. So there are a few more theories to go over. Because Jill was shot in broad daylight and the suspect completely left the scene without being noticed, they thought it was a hitman, specifically a Serbian hitman. Due to Jill covering world news 20 days before she was killed, she covered the Kosovo crisis appeal, which raised more than 1 million pounds in 24 hours for those fleeing the latest round of ethnic cleansing in the Balkans. Western involvement in the Kosovo war involved NATO bombing. The targets were linked to the Serb forces and their political leader, Slobodan Milosevic. And just days before Jill's death, British and United States warplanes bombed the radio television Serbia building in Belgrade, killing 16 of their employees. Allegedly, BBC's head of news Tony Hall received a phone call from someone with an Eastern European accent saying, your Prime Minister Blair butchered innocent young people, we butcher back. This became the main target for the defense in Barry's new trial. The prosecution called it nonsense. Personally, I too think it's nonsense. Why would they attack Jill? Could it have been a local London hitman? Possibly. Could she have been a target for helping police in her segment Crime Watch? Absolutely. Police did work on this theory and sifted through 30 potential people who could have hated Crime Watch and had a vendetta against Jill, and nothing came of it. But again, with this theory, why would they attack Jill? Police continued to find more reasons why this potentially wasn't a hitman. The forensics team analyzed the bullet and shell casing and determined it was something like a modified starting pistol or a reactivated firearm with a low muzzle velocity. This was not the kind of gun a hitman would use. Mark William Thomas was an investigator and former police officer. Allegedly, an anonymous hitman told Mark that he knew who was responsible for the killing, but didn't want to say his name out of fear. So Mark continued to do some research on this case, and he developed his own theory. And he was quoted saying, Can I ask you why, if you were any closer to understanding why she was shot? Uh, that's a really difficult one, because the, the motivation, the reason behind it, I think it has something to do with her work on Crime Watch. There are some very nasty, horrible people out there, criminals, and I think the crucial element is, of course, from their point of view, is that they may perceive Crime Watch putting criminals away, i.e. putting friends and, and colleagues of them away, and I think that was the reason. And whilst but Jill Crime Watch continued her, after Jill Dando. It, it made did. no difference whatsoever, other than the fact that we were all as her friends, we were all horrified that it had happened, but it didn't stop the show. No, absolutely, and don't forget, major crime is, is a very rare occurrence in the UK. I mean, when we put our case to the Crown Prosecution Service and to the Metropolitan Police, the Metropolitan Police came back and said, we're very grateful for the report. We will take any new information on board and we will act upon that information, and it is, remains to be unsolved, and we are determined to try and solve that. So that's great, that and very good. positive in relation to our report. Crown Prosecution Service response to that allegation in relation to why they didn't admit to offender profiles existing said that at the time we responded with you know honesty in return in respect of what we knew. Now we don't we haven't got to the bottom of what that actually means, whether mm. they did or they didn't know about the offender profiles. But the key now is for Jill's family, 
for Jill's friends is we've got to solve this. We can't get to a position where we say well, and there's, a there's enough is enough. There. Absolutely. And, you know, that man we spoke to, he is a hitman himself. He is a hitman. He is... Uh, he himself is scared, and that says an awful lot. This mm. guy is a, you know, he's lived in that world, and even he is saying, I am too scared to tell you. But he the, has told me who he believes it is. The police um, were interested in your new evidence, or certainly what you've been looking at. What needs to happen now? Well, I would ask the Metropolitan Police to consider the information we've got and go back over the file. Get a cold case team looking at it, start to do those inquiries that were never followed up. Because crucially, their position was is that they considered it to be Barry George. Barry George was fully acquitted, and that now means that it's an unsolved case. Yeah. Let's look at this again with a fresh pair of eyes looking at that case. All right, thank and you And that canal much. could still be dredged. Oh, I, absolutely, and that's a really important thing. You know, dredge it, let's look at it, let's follow each and every one of them, and, and that's one, but I can tell you there's another five or six specific named pieces inquiries in there which should be closed down. All, All right, right, thank you. Thank you. Fascinating. Thank you very much. So what if it wasn't an obsessive loner, but an obsessive fan? Police thought maybe this had something to do with the fact that Jill was engaged. Could they have been upset? This wasn't normal in the UK, no one had been killed by an obsessive fan at this point. So the police did work with this theory as well, questioned over 140 people who did have some sort of obsession with Jill. However, also nothing came of this. Jill's legacy lives on to this day. Even one of the programs and buildings at UCL is titled the Jill Dando Institute. They are determined to cut more crimes and increase security. So something like this never happens again. She also had a memorial tree in Exeter. However, because the tree was not clearly marked, it was cut down. They are working to dedicate a new tree to her. And in 2019, there was an article, an interview. Hamish Campbell, who was a part of the team that originally arrested Barry George in 2000, sat down 20 years after the incident and said, Sometimes I felt we were a day away from solving it, and other times, I thought, no, we're, we're a long way away. The senior officers, you know, they were asking, what are, what are the likelihoods of this case being resolved? Do I think somebody will come back to court? Probably not. No. Do you think that someone new might come to court? No. No. So they have labeled this as a stranger homicide. This murder is incredibly shocking and horrifying. We may never know who this was. At least we have footage to remember Jill Dando and her bright smile. Hello. Do you fancy getting away from the British weather? Well, stay with us because tonight I'm in the Canary Islands and with temperatures here warm enough for t-shirt and shorts virtually all through the winter and being only four hours away by plane that it makes for a very convenient winter break. Personally, the only theory that makes sense to me is the obsessive fan. It lines up with her engagement. It makes sense. I just hope one day we get some sort of answer. What do you think happened to Jill? If you would like to join a discussion, please join the Discord. You can find it on my website, casecrazepodcast.com. And please stay safe out there. I don't want to learn about you on the news.